Alex Philadelphia. It takes a lot to make him happy, and he is clearly pleased. She's up, she's moving nicely. She's got it. Yes! Sally Stegel, 132.67, has won at least the medal. She's 0.24 up. Yuki! On the ice for the Gimlet. The Gimlet stopping! Sending the Golden Goal! These Golden Games have their crowning moments! Welcome back to Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast, as we come to you today for a very special episode as we celebrate our 50th birthday, sort of our 50th episode, actually, we've only really been around for about 10 or so months, but it doesn't mean that we can't come to you and celebrate what we have uh, put out there, I guess, across 49 episodes leading into this one. You're going to hear snippets from various days throughout the Rio 2016 Olympics. Of course, we covered that every single day for you back then. And from there, we've uh, gone on to bring you a variety of different interviews across the way as well. So we will be playing highlights from our coverage of Rio 2016, as well as our uh, individual interviews in terms of the new ones we've brought you. I won't bring you any highlights of uh, the Vault interviews that we did bring you. These are only our interviews that we have had here on Off the Podium, not older ones that I've brought to you from the Vault. So uh, we hope you enjoy what we have brought for you here today. We've definitely enjoyed bringing you this content between myself, Colin, and Jared. And we hope that you enjoy this trip down memory lane. If you perhaps this is the first time you've listened to Off the Podium and you want to go back and listen to any of these moments throughout the course of your day, your week, or however long you want to take to go through all the 49 episodes, just check us out. Find Off the Podium on Facebook and also obviously on iTunes and Stitcher where you can get those uh, episodes directly to your devices or wherever good podcasts are downloaded. And if you enjoy this, please do leave us some feedback. Rate us on those services as well. We always appreciate hearing the feedback. But sit back, relax, take a trip down memory lane as we bring you highlights from our first 50 episodes of Off the Podium. As far as my history of the Olympics goes, I mean, I don't really remember even knowing what it was uh, until I was a kid. When I was a very young kid, I was in uh, Taekwondo. Uh, in, I wasn't even living in Winnipeg. I was living outside of Winnipeg at the time, a city of the population of maybe 150, 200. Uh, smaller than Emu Plains, I should say, probably. And Hobart. And, and Hobart. <laughs> uh, almost on level with Hobart. We had our own Olympic bid that failed for LaSalle, Manitoba, the village of LaSalle. Uh, but I was in Taekwondo at the time, and... This was uh, 1988, and the the Seoul Olympics in Seoul, Korea, were being held that year. And uh, my academy, which was a nationwide academy, uh, was going to be part of the Olympics because that was the year Taekwondo was just a demonstration sport. So it wasn't 
officially contested yet, but they were trying it out to see if they could go forward with it in the future Olympics. And the offer was put out there for anybody in our academy that we could attend the Olympics. We'd be able to, you know, be there at the opening ceremonies and everything. And uh, ultimately what it came down to is that neither of my parents could commit to taking the time off work to take me. Otherwise, I would have been right there in the opening ceremonies. We could have been on the field and everything. Wow. Um, I would have been like, well, I was I was the youngest person in the academy. They they accepted me kind of because we were in a small town and nobody was going to question it and they didn't normally take kids my age but that would have been fantastic so that's been my uh, um disappointment for my entire life that i missed out on attending the olympics uh but it was made up for it uh, about a year later the calgary olympics which i watched only a little bit of i didn't see a lot of the calgary olympics but when we went out to calgary uh, about a year or two later um my cousin older cousin i should say he's my dad's cousin so more of an uncle i guess he was taking us to the olympic park and it was closed but we had to go to the bathroom really bad my brother and i so when they're like no sorry we're closed the security guard at the front my cousin took us outside and said come on kids we're gonna go water the flowers and i'm like what are you talking about i i i don't know i don't know anything about flowers i really gotta go to the bathroom and he's like no just come with me and he stands in front of a flower bed which has the olympic logo <laughs> <laughs> the Calgary Olympic Park whips it out and starts peeing all over it. And I'm like, all right, I guess. And I'm like a seven, eight-year-old kid at this point. I'm like, yeah, I'll go for it. So uh, my history before really watching much of the Olympics was missing out on attending one and uh, of peeing on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Following that, uh, you know, once there was, the, I remember the Barcelona Games in 92. That's the one that I really got into watching me and my brother in our room. Uh, we'd cheer for countries not knowing who it was. And then, you know, as I got older, Atlanta and Sydney and everything, I mean, it's basically gotten to the point where from the Sydney Olympics on, every single Olympics, I'm recording all of the major events. It used to be VHS, and now I'm recording it straight out of my computer, and I have probably about 12 to 15 hours from every Olympics of footage that I recorded just hoping I don't, I never want to lose this footage. I have to watch it. And I'll go back and watch them sometimes as I go to bed. Let me put on Athens tonight. Let me put on Vancouver. Let me put on Sydney. You, you and I have a lot more in common than I ever understood right now because um, we'll get to that in a minute. You actually. peed all over. I did. I mean, <laughs> I was in Calgary Olympics? about two months ago, and all I did was just, oh, the Olympic stuff. I'm going to piss all over it. Like it was just, I, I just felt the urge to. <laughs> I, I couldn't explain it. Now I know why. It was, it was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, do you have a, a guilty pleasure sport you like? I don't know about like, but I always am fascinated to watch the um, rhythmic side of the gymnastics. Um, talking about sports that maybe they shouldn't be in the Olympics, that's always one that kind of springs to mind. Um, yeah, it's, it's bad enough on, on the floor routines in artistic when they try and do dancers in between and you're sitting there and you're like, just get to the tumbling already. But when it's entirely dedicated to somebody throwing up a ribbon or like <laughs> juggling cups or whatever they do. Um, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's like, why is this there? And you see other sports get pulled out and you're like, oh, those poor squash players, the poor baseball players, the poor softballers, and you're like, rhythmic gymnastics. Now, that's a staple of the Olympics that has to stay. It just, it is, it's like, 
I think I agree with everything you just said because you can't take a sport seriously where you've got this, like, you know, this athlete, quote, athlete, who's, like, made up so much. Like, her hair is so tight on her head. She's wearing the most tightest leotard you've ever seen, and all she's doing is throwing a ribbon in the air. <laughs> I just want to see every event with people throwing ribbons in. Like, Usain Bolt is slowing down in the last 50 meters to throw his ribbon up, and they're like, ooh, you know what? Uh, that ribbon didn't have the right landing. We're going to have to deduct a half a second off of his finish time. And it's so serious and tense. Like, they cut to the faces of the judges, and they're all just, like, feverishly writing down. The commentators, oh, no, there, James. No, she just didn't throw that ribbon high enough. I just don't know if she'll get, she'll get a deduction for that. Like, it's a fucking ribbon! <laughs> anyway, um, hello to all our rhythmic gymnast- gymnasts listening to um, Off the Podium. Download now via iTunes. <laughs> He's a little dweeby man, isn't he, Thomas? Like, he, I mean, he won gold in fencing. Like, he, did he do that by just being so short that he could just duck underneath the, like, the sword? Like, seriously, he's standing there. I thought he was like a little hobbit. He's a weird-looking thing. I'm allowed to say <laughs> it. He's a man. That's not sexist. So it's fine. <laughs> I'm just covering my bases. Jared, Thomas Bach. I mean, bring back Jacques Rock. I liked him. Where, where's Juan Antonio? His excellency. Like, he's not... He's dead, I know, but... Thomas Bach, he's still going. He won't shut up. Yeah, he doesn't have the same. Um, how would you even put it? I don't know. He's just not the same as 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 the others. He doesn't have that commanding authority. It's just everything that he says. You're kind of like, yeah, okay, move on. Get off the just, stage, next person. He's just standing there with Carlos. He's like going on and on and on and on. He's just sort of standing there. He's like a little robot munchkin. He's just sort of like, I'm so happy to be here. And then like he talks and he's got this just, I don't know. And the whole speech of his was just like, yes, Rio, believe it would work. Please stop complaining. We've got Tokyo in four years. Look forward Count to that. Dracula here. <laughs> I will suck your blood. <laughs> I am Thomas Bach. <laughs> Give me. Uh, I will it? say, like, um, I think there are people out there who will teach people how to speak in front of a crowd. And I think you need to get these people involved in the ceremonies. Don't worry so much about the digital projection or the costumes or anything like that. Where is the slap chop guy right now? Like, he could be sitting down and, and teaching all these people how to deliver a speech with a little bit of energy, a little bit of uh, um, charisma. It's not that unheard of to have, you know, a speech coach come in and just say, let's liven it up a bit. Because I don't think anybody really wants to watch speeches drone on like this. You get the slap chop guy in there and that's going to be fun. I'm just literally looking at his Wikipedia picture and he just looks like a munchkin. <laughs> He's like <laughs> munchkin mixed with the count from Sesame Street. One Olympic game. That's games. the uh, count uh, came uh, from, uh. right? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Just the Let whole... Us count. <laughs> Two, three. <laughs> He's just standing there as the countries come out for four countries. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> just going there. I mean, he's what? He's the first ever Olympic medalist or gold medalist, at least, to be a president. And I know um, our very own John Coates, I believe, is the vice president, Jared. So, I mean, we could have an Australian president of the IOC, hopefully soon. At least that would be a bit more exciting, wouldn't it? <laughs> G'day, mate. Welcome to the bloody Rio Olympics. Let's open these things. <laughs> Don't open the games. 
You wanted your countdown. That would have been the perfect way to come in. And five, four, three, two, one, the Olympics! I just wanted to mention, um, just on the uh, Channel 7 commentary, the fact that it's made a little bit of news. I don't know if you paid attention to this, Jared. When Aruba walk out into the stadium, uh, Bruce McAvaney, the legendary man himself, uttered the following phrase. So Aruba, not only a country, but also the opening word of a Beach Boys song. And you can see why that is making headlines for its cringeworthy moment, because Andrew Gaze followed that up by singing uh, the opening part of Kokomo. So, <laughs> Can you please just find a clip of that on YouTube to send me? I have to hear that in person. Yeah. Oh, everyone's Googling it right now. Because <laughs> that... I don't know if you picked up on that, Jared. Chile, not just a country, but also my favorite spicy food. (laughs) Hungry, not just a country, but what I'm feeling right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the low point, Jared, I believe, in Bruce McAvaney's commentary career. (laughs) Yeah, he'll be kicking himself for that one. I just love the fact that Andrew Gaze ran with it. Like, you don't just... Maybe just ignore that, like... Good call, Bruce, but what a team. They're very good athletes there in a room. You don't just start singing Kokomo. <laughs> Did, when it got to Bermuda, was he like, a ne- next is Bahamas. Come on, pretty mama. <laughs> I think it would have been funny if, like, the Brazilian organizer, like, that would have been a good in-joke. Oh, the Portuguese alphabet. It's um, Aruba, Jamaica. <laughs> Who I want to <laughs> Oh, the country of, oh, I want to take ya. Um, <laughs> that's what we're naming the refugees in, in Brazil. <laughs> yeah, we've just officially named, we want to start a petition to officially name the refugee country, oh, I want to take ya. <laughs> and here comes the athlete from, oh, I want to take ya. <laughs> 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 Who thought we could I, get this much hilarity out of the parade of athletes? I guarantee you that Kokomo will be number one in the ARIA charts here in Australia on Sunday. Bruce McAvaney has that much sway for music in Australia. Oh, well, they made a mistake. It wasn't the first time Kosovo has been in the Olympics. It was the first time Kokomo had been in the Olympics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Day one of Rio 2016 is over. A golden day. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's great to be an Australian. You're listening to the only podcast right now recorded in the country that's leading the medal tally. That's right. End the Olympics right now. We don't need to compete anymore. It's done. It's over. In your face, Hungary. In your face, United States. I'm so excited I can't even say the word face. And in your face, South Korea. Australia, a golden day. We've already won a quarter of the medals, the gold medals that we won in London in one day. So uh, we're doing very well and we've got a lot to cover in this episode, episode three of Off the Podium to cover day one of Rio 2016. My name is Ben and I too am proud as punch that I beat a guy that was tested positive 
in the swimming as well. That sounded better in my head. But uh, joining me also is a guy who is so excited for the fact that we've won gold medals on the opening day that he stopped watching the dressage to make sure that he could see us winning the gold medals. It's Jared Lubick. Jared, welcome back to Off the Podium. It's good to be back. It's a great start to the Olympics. Um, when you're second in dressage, you've got to switch over for the first in the swimming. So, um, yeah, great start. Well, speaking of great start, we're also joined by a man who's so happy as well. He's thrilled. He's over the moon because Canada are in 17th place on the medal tally with a bronze medal. It is Mr. Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back to Off the Podium. We are on the board, and I have to repeat something that was said off air when uh, you know we were mentioning that Canada won a bronze and... You were. I said, well, it's not a gold, and you're like, well, a bronze is kind of like a gold to Canada in the Summer Olympics, which is 100% true. This was like uh, the greatest moment of the year in this country, and uh, I'm sure we have many more bronze to come. I, I was watching this, and I swear even the commentators calling this had no idea what was going on. The crowd had no idea what was going on. I had no... I don't even think the judo players or athletes, whatever you call them, had no idea what was going on. Colin, were you watch- You said you watched a bit of the judo. Did you know what was going on? I had no clue. I was wondering why the crowd was booing them. That was <laughs> what my issue was. <laughs> they were booing because they thought they were meant to have tickets to the beach volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I paid for. Boo! <laughs> but, like, once... I was watching this one, right? This They were talking this up. This is the the first match by this Antoine Bouchard in Canada. He was up against Raymond Overnew from Papua New Guinea. Um, the great Raymond Overnew of Papua New Guinea. And, you know, they come out and they're talking this up. You know, oh, this is just such an effort for this, this Papua New Guinean to make it to the Olympics. He's doing his nation proud. The game was over, the match, whatever you call it, was over in 43 seconds. The the Canadian did whatever is an Uchi Mata, wins it via Ippon... <laughs> And, like, gets 100 points for it, Jared. I think we were talking about this. What the hell is an Uchi Mata and an Ippon? Is an Ippon a brand of camera? I don't know, but the thing that I just couldn't wrap my head around was the point score. You flip somebody onto their back, you get 100 points. You flip somebody onto their side, you get one point. What type of, dis- what type- what type of discrepancy is that? Like... You could give somebody 10 points? No, 100. Yep. I mean, what's the point? You may as, It just doesn't make sense. Do- you have to flip somebody onto their side 100 times to equal the <laughs> same as flipping somebody on their back once. <laughs> well, it was the Australian, the Nathan Katz match I was watching too. At one point there, he was flipped over like on his back, and then they were all like, oh, no, that's it. You know, Imad Basu's won. Uh, that's an Uchi Mata. Shame for Nathan. And then the referee was all like, no, 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 continue. And like, oh, oh, great news for Australia. He's only gotten one point against him. It's like, what the hell? Judo is like the sport where nobody knows what's going on. They just do it. And like, even the people playing it like, oh, he was on his back, ref. That's that's 100 points. Like, I win. That's an Uchi Mata. Uh, <laughs> so... I'm I, I just a correction here uh, and a call back to a segment from yesterday. Uh, Uchimata is actually the name of Team Canada Judo. Ah. So we have our first official team <laughs> name, Uchimatas. <laughs> the great Uchimatas from Canada, um, already with a fourth place at these Olympics. So um, <laughs> what, what else did you want? Canada's position. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So 
so I don't get the American coverage at all. So this is this is a network that invented must-see television with, like, Friends and Seinfeld and all that sort of stuff in the 90s, and their must-see television in the afternoon is the fucking road race. Yeah, six hours non-stop. <laughs> Jared's Not all into that. Not even, back and forth with Dr. Phil, <laughs> just non-stop. Jared's moving to America right now. <laughs> <laughs> If they found Richie Port quicker than we did, then yes, I'd consider it. <laughs> Channel 7 are still looking for him. Uh, they've sent Bruce McAvady out there right now. Richie, where yeah, are you? The judo, that's what you were booing. They're like, get back to the road race. Where's Richie? That's why they're booing. <laughs> Boo! Get off the mat, judo players. Send out the search team for Richie. Um, they, I believe they're actually going to start making, instead of Where's Wally in Australia, they're going to be Where's Richie books. <laughs> Oh, God. And he's Tasmanian. Come on now. He's got two heads. Surely Channel 7, instead of putting Matt Mitchum and whoever the fuck Tegan Nass is, get Roy in HG. Yeah, it's a national travesty. I mean, this is up there with these zero silver medals. This is potentially a bigger issue than that. Get Bathorse onto something. this. Where is Bathorse? Come save the day. <laughs> Bathorse would find Richie Port. That's how good Bathorse is. Like <laughs> Bathorse should be on Buzz from Brazil, and it and it's not. What about Bathorse's social media account? That's this is the hard hitting journalist questions that I want to know. Who is Bathorse? <laughs> Who is Bathorse? And when are we going to see Bathorse versus Super? Dressage person, Dawn of Juggler. That was a bad joke. And so this is why you should listen to Roy and HG, because they don't come up with shit like that. Yeah, I was fully prepared uh, long before yesterday even started to go over Jennifer Abel or Pamela Ware, who are in the diving. Um, but uh, I guess considering the big win we had in volleyball and Gavin Schmidt, uh, maybe the greatest male volleyball player Canada's ever had, we're going to go with Gavin Schmidt today, leader of Team Canada Volleyball. Gavin. And uh, <laughs> what's that? Gavin. Sorry, I just, I just know him like he's my brother. Gal- oh, Gavi. Oh, yeah. Good old Gavin. Yep. Schmitty is what we like Schmitty. to call him. Um, so it starts with, hello, my name is Gavin Schmidt, and I am Canadian. Oh, good My start. favorite Olympic moment is... Don't have one yet. Will be when I arrive. Um, <laughs> if if I could choose any Olympic host city, it would be anywhere in Canada. Oh. So two questions in. He's not very decisive. We can figure that much out. Can I just interrupt? In I my discovered spare- a new city in Canada, which I think could host the Olympics. Red Deer in Alberta. Can that host the Olympics? Why Red Deer? Because you've got an actual place called Red Deer. Like, that's the name of it. Like, I'm going to go to Red Deer today. Like, what the hell is that's that? Man. <laughs> You don't know enough about Canada to think that's impressive. We have a place here in Manitoba called Flin Flon. <laughs> wow. Oh, Flin Flon 2028, please. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're starting so the beard. Hang on, it? stop, press. <laughs> Fuck Hobart 2024, 2028. It's Flin Flon 2028, Summer Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to claim this is... This is Gavin Schmidt's real answer, is I would choose Flin Flon, Manitoba as the Olympic city. (laughs) All right, so moving on. I've just just quickly Googled Flin Flon, um, just really quickly. Uh, The fact that it's named after the fictional character of Hosea Flin Tabity Flontaine. Uh, So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this 
a giant statue. That RV is going to be epic. There's a giant statue of this guy on some rocks as you enter the town, apparently. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you been so to Flin Flon? Tab- I have never been to Flin Flon, oh. no. Uh, it's not number one on my destination chart. <laughs> Until 2028. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the population of 5,363 live in Manitoba and 229 in Saskatchewan. Um, so it's right on the border. It'll be a co- like the how do Manitoba and Saskatchewan get along there, Colin? Are they gonna are they gonna co-share these games? Well, we get along about as well as Australia and New Zealand. So <laughs> oh, I don't see that happening. This is great. Wow, we've we've started something here, right? Let's. I'm just looking here. The mayor, uh, Cal Huntley, wasn't he on the Titanic? Didn't he um, like have Rose stolen away from him by? Uh, Oh, that's Cal Hockley. Wrong one. Anyway, um, okay. Oh, no, that was Josiah Flynn Tabity Flonaton. <laughs> Former great Olympian from <laughs> the town. Uh, to Austra- <laughs> Australian fan messages. Uh, now, we won't go through too many of these because a lot of these are kind of bland and boring. I found one interesting one here, though. Uh, this one kind of relates to you in a way, Colin. No, I'm not trying to find you a future husband. I mean, if you want one again. Uh, this one's from Howard Bird. <laughs> Overseas fan. Hi, this is to Stephen Bird. Hi, Stephen. The Canadian side of the Bird family are really impressed with you making the Olympics for the second time. All the best for the heats and finals. Say hi to Mark and Avril for us. Cheers, Howard Bird. So clearly related to Avril Levine. I mean, that's the only Canadian Avril that I know. Um, I have no idea who the hell Stephen is. But there are Bird lots is. of birds here. Uh, well, a lot, apparently. Um, a lot of people are trying to steal away my future wife, and I'm not liking these messages to Brit. Um, Sarah Harris, an overseas fan, so happy for you. Congratulations. I'm an Aussie in UK. That's great. Um, this one from Adrian in Victoria to one of our rugby players, Charlotte Caslick. Hi, I'm Adrian. A dog. Um, no, it doesn't say that. <laughs> well done. You just <laughs> yourself a fan. You were killing against Canada. That's a bit harsh. Like I didn't see any dead Canadians on the field. Uh, in the in the Olympics, spelled O L I M P I C S. Uh, to you and the rest of the team, bring home the gold, ladies. Australia. <laughs> So, Australian Ebonics at its best here. Yep, exactly. I love how the AOC actually like spell check these beforehand. Um, Jake, overseas fan to Chloe Dalton. A lot of Canadian messages today. I just watched your game against the Canadian Olympic team. Wow, so not only did she play rugby, she took on the entire Canadian Olympic team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jake says, and wanted to say, you did great. Um, oh, isn't that sweet? Just those damn Canadian Olympians. Like, got to take them on. Um, and this is <laughs> this one's from Danny in Queensland to David Morgan. And don't ask me who what he competes in. I wouldn't have a clue. The message says, "Go Morgo." Uh, <laughs> Morgo. Morgo. Yep. That's about it. Does everybody have to have, like, a shortened name like that in Australia? Yeah, this is Australia. Birdo, Borgo. <laughs> Come on. You should know this about Australia by now. We always have to. Um, all right, so we, are we are we literally sending a fan message to the one and only Dane Sampson? I mean, is there anyone else today to Samso? Oh, it has to be Samso. <laughs> all right, let's... Let- can we just end everything we say in the message? Can we just end it with an O? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, oh, Dane or Samso. <laughs> Send a fan message to Dane Sampson. Samso, your name. Um, 
off the podium. Why not? That's original. Uh, <laughs> this is this is great. OTPO. Otpo. Ofto. We're 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 big in the shooting circles. They love us uh, there in in record. Well, I don't know. Again, it's just more awkward. It's kind of like the whole, you know, there was a vicious stare down from a couple of days ago. Um, there was, uh, I guess, a third swimmer in the, the Phelps Leclo showdown from tonight, uh, Thomas uh, Kenderesi from Hungary. And they were just talking about the fact that, you know, all the attention goes to Phelps and Leclo and that every single time uh, this Kenderesi, who's one of the best in the world, is up against them, he tends to lose. And then they just left this thing and said, and they joke, and Phelps and Leclo will joke, probably not to him, <laughs> always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And the way, that, I don't know why they deliver it that way, like, they're saying it so seriously, and they joke, but, but they're so polite, they're like, probably not to him. Why do you feel the need to add that? Like, would it be so bad? They joke to him, always the bridesmaid, never the, they want to remind the audience that Phelps and Leclo are not cruel enough to joke to this man, Kendressi. <laughs> Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Forget about the old Sun Yen, um, Mac, uh, the whole rivalry there with the splashing. Like, this is the do not joke to the Hungarians. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they joke, but not to him. He's Hungarian. He won't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> if we know anything about Hungary, it's they have no stand-up comedians. <laughs> <laughs> And if they do laugh, it won't be about (laughs) (laughs) cross-dressing. Their sitcoms have no laugh tracks. They have serious faces (laughs) in the corner. (laughs) The Hungarian version of Friends. Could I be any more of a Chandler? Mm -hmm -hmm. Not funny. (laughs) It's like a national law in Hungary. Do not laugh. It's not funny. We are Hungarian. We are strong. <laughs> oh. Okay, so ticking that off the list, offend country hungry. Okay, got That's it. Right. Uh, <laughs> You've offended genders, countries, <laughs> babies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> babies. <laughs> oh, this is why only New Zealanders listen to us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, brew. We're allowed to laugh in New Zealand. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if only there was something funny to laugh about in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> and you could joke to them, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> yes. Oh, I wish we were included in a joke by Michael Phelps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Phelps has never heard of us. <laughs> Imagine the New Zealand pool deck commentary. Oh, Michael, Michael, can we have an interview, please? <laughs> like, who are you? Fuck off. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> Actually, I just have a really random question because um, obviously you get ads in your car. I mean, I'm guessing you get ads in Canada. <laughs> Why not? Um, oh, what's an addy? Um, there like, you go, offending the Canadians now. <laughs> eh, Canada loves me. I'm allowed to offend them. I'm half. I'm basically half Canadian. <laughs> Uh, 
Uh, here's one here from Emily Saunders in New South Wales uh, to Sammy Stozer. Oh, the perennial loser. I shouldn't say that. She won a US Open. That's more than Eugenie Bouchard and Milos Ranich have ever won. Um, dear Sam, you are an inspiration. I saw the match this morning and thought you fought very well in the second set. Obviously not the first. You have the strength inside and you clearly have the physical strength. I believe in you and I'm looking forward to seeing you play wherever your next competition takes you. You've done yourself and us proud. Good luck. Oh, that inspirational. She lost. Okay, Emily. Like, she's out. <laughs> she's not doing There's well. a time delay on these messages, as we found. Dawn from South Australia to Isabel Bishop. I'm guessing she's a water polo player. Fabulous win against Russia. Congratulations. It's really not that special to beat Russia in these Olympics. Like, get, get <laughs> through there. Uh, Natalie Springer from Queensland to Leah Neal. Um, good luck, Leah. Do Ipswich proud. Now, Ipswich is a small town in buttfuck Queensland that no one probably cares about. So, like, it's not that hard to do Ipswich proud. Just offending Queenslanders now. Um, I, oh, I thought that was, like, the other move of judo along with what was that other thing we had? Like, the, the hoop scooch. <laughs> the hoot scooch. <laughs> the Uchimata. The hoot scooch. Um, <laughs> the hoop scooch of Uchimata. Now, here's one, actually. I want to give a shout-out to one of my friends here because this is kind of an in-joke, which was sort of funny. Uh, this one's from John to Paddy Mills, our basketballer. Hi, Paddy. I've been watching you play brilliantly. I hope you get into the finals and win a medal okay that's a boring one but my friend Bree was over at my house yesterday and we uh we kind of at the moment are addicted to eating very bad food we went to kfc and uh because at the moment in australia they've got a great special 24 nuggets for ten dollars and that's fucking awesome all right so go and get it at kfc so <laughs> we're watching um the olympics and she's on her phone just not really paying attention and patty mills comes on the screen i'm like oh patty mills and she turns to me straight away and goes oh what a happy meal No, Patty Mills. So (laughs) she's got it on the brain. It's good to be back with the full team. Um, I feel like I've I brought up silver a couple of days ago that we needed to win some more. Um, I'm officially changing that. We need to win some more golds. The silver quota is reached. Um, so no need to purposely um, throw these gold medals away. We can start winning some again. Yeah, stop pulling a Campbell, Australia. Um, just actually go out there and win yourself a gold medal, okay? Like, we've, we've had enough of the silver. That was all London four years ago. It was silver, silver, silver. We got sick of it. So we want to actually win some gold. So listen to Jared. Otherwise, you're not allowed to return to the country, as we've already established so far. They showed him, like, obviously they just had the medal ceremony for the heptathlon, and they quickly cut to Bolt, like, obviously going up to the uh, the medal winners, including your Canadian, uh, I, forgot, I forgot her name, but I, it looked like she got a quick selfie with Bolt with a bronze medal around her neck. I don't know yeah, if you saw that. Yeah, we saw that too. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, again, it's... I think it would have been nicer to show her going up and congratulating Andre de Grasse before she's up. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the same Bolt, Sophie! <laughs> I just love the fact that maybe it's Bolt just loves Canadians. Like, he's like, oh, man, another Canadian. Like, just go up to her. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we heard the controversy yesterday with uh, uh, Brian Tyson Eaton's husband, Ashton Eaton, <laughs> cheering for her with the Canada hat on. Yep. And now, all of a sudden, she's out there like, Jamaica, Jamaica. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's just... That entire family, they just hate their own nations. I think that's what we've come to the bottom of. Stuff our bronze medalist. Where's the same bomb? (laughs) 
Um, but I was thinking quickly too. I love the fact that you've got the the mascot. We've barely talked about the Rio mascot. What is it? Vinicius? Vinicius? I don't even know how to say it. It's a weird looking. What is it? A bear or a rabbit? What is it? Like what is the mascot? I have no idea. Try to read about it here right now. Um, uh, I, I, see, I like the name of the Paralympics mascot. It's just called Tom. I can I can announce I can pronounce that. Tom one. just looks like. Pineapple or something like that. All right, Vinicius design represents Brazilian wildlife, combining the agility of cats, sway of monkeys, and the grace of birds. So this is some weird-up hybrid that they've created in the pool of the diving. They've just shoved a cat, they've shoved a monkey and a bird in the green water, and you've got Vinicius. Um, and even he couldn't help himself but get a bunch of selfies with well, Bolt today. I loved it. Like at the end of the race, they've conveniently placed the mascot who's smiling and like waving, like going hello with a giant figurine of himself. Like, come and crap yeah. me. Bolt's promptly ignored him at first before going back up to him. And then you see this person in the suit. Like, it's I don't know who that is. Like, it's Jimmy or John or, I don't know, some random Brazilian kid they've shoved in a suit who's, like, pooing his pants because he's got a same Bolt touching him. And in the background, you can see, like, this Vinicius, like, almost fainting in excitement that Bolt's come and touched the suit. Oh, it was hilarious. And I think it's the guy who had the run-in with Ryan Lochte <laughs> uh, earlier. That's who I'm thinking of. The <laughs> See, I missed- That's how Ryan Lochte gave it up so quickly. I don't know if we're going to touch on that oh, we story. we will. Yeah. Trust me. Ryan Lochte. <laughs> we're not letting Lochte Ryan Lochte's like, it's, he's like, it's some type of symbol of Brazilian <laughs> agriculture and birds and cats. <laughs> I was robbed by a weird yellow thing um but i see i'm disappointed that like this isn't a trend in all of the olympic i think um bolt was with the weird london mascots whatever they were but my favorite olympic athlete uh, mascots izzy from atlanta that weird thing yes um i i don't know if i ever saw the donovan bailey pose with izzy <laughs> can we recreate that can we contact i mean you're friends with donovan now can we like contact cbc yeah. somehow go to the atlanta organizing committee of the olympic games and then to dust off the izzy mascot <laughs> which they're probably burnt and never want to talk about again and get a We just need to Photoshop it or something. (laughs) Uh, Ryan Lochte was held up at gunpoint. Now, (laughs) this is wrong when we're laughing about it. If this was like Phelps or Bolt, we'd be like, oh my God, we're so concerned. The fact it's Ryan Lochte, no one gives a shit. Um, Now... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mentioned to this off-air, Fox Sports News in Australia claimed that they had the world exclusive because somehow they managed to score an interview with Ryan Lochte's mother who told them that he was held up by gunpoint. Now, all these people were quick to come out and confirm it, but then I think Ryan Lochte's coach and somebody else was like, oh, no, no, this didn't happen. Um, but then Lochte did an interview uh, and uh, as said, he said, we got pulled over in the taxi and these guys came out with a badge, a police badge, no lights, no... Should I be reading this like Ryan Lochte? No lights, no nothing. <laughs> Just a police badge. And they pulled us over, Lochte said. <laughs> they pulled out their guns. They told the other swimmers to get down on the ground. They got down on the ground. I refused. I was like, we didn't... Do- I told them, if I'm a man during the day, I'm a man at night. <laughs> I'm currently not dating, I said to the police. <laughs> um, 
I'm sorry, I can't get ready this because I can't take him seriously. But like, you know, this isn't funny because the guy got held up and gun. I mean, he's fine. Like, he didn't die or anything. Like, we're not mourning the death of Ryan Lochte. But um, I have to say, clearly, clearly, the people who held him up at gunpoint had just watched his reality show and were like, give me my life back, give me my life back, Ryan Lochte. <laughs> What would Ryan Lochte do? <laughs> Just YouTube it, everybody. There's another. If we can hit 30 likes, we will do a live commentary of episode one of what would Ryan Lochte do? <laughs> It's just like, it's so ridiculous. Maybe, maybe this is a whole ploy like we were talking about the other day when you get a second season. Like, they've just hired a bunch of Brazilian yeah. cops. They've <laughs> secretly been filming this. So, like, on season two of What Would Ryan Lochte Do? We see what he does when faced with a gun in his face in Brazil. <laughs> and he's just sitting in the back of the taxi going, Wow, you know, you've got guns. <laughs> It's funny because, I mean, we said, obviously, Justin Gatlin's the type of guy that, like, Usain Bolt's the guy that there isn't anybody who doesn't love him. Justin Gatlin's the guy that there really isn't anybody that loves him. <laughs> Ryan Lochte's the guy that you can make any joke in the world about him. People will just be like, yeah, it's probably true. I mean, he's just, he's that guy. He's almost, he, it's almost amusing how, what would even be the word to describe him? Um, <laughs> a douche. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the closest. Uh, he's, it's just it, he literally is an amazing human being. That's all I have to say. The photo they've got in this article is like the shot of um, what the, obviously when he won the relay. So you've got Phelps and the other two American swimmers, and they're all kissing their medals. It honestly looks like it's like because Lochte's got silver hair right now. Like whether or not he's just got grey hair or he's just decided the ladies like the silver foxes. Um, <laughs> but, but like. He's just there, and like this photo, honestly, looks like it's like a dad with his three sons, like taking him out to win gold medals. And he's only, you said, like a year older than Phelps. So, like, why does Phelps look like he's ready to go off to college for the day? And Lochte looks like he's about to check into a nursing home. Look, again, uh, all it takes is an Olympic mascot to tell you, dye your hair silver, people will like it, and Lochte will do it. <laughs> He just doesn't know it. It's sad. He doesn't know any better. Stop messing with him, people. Well, of course, um, CBC uh, incorrectly reported that Michael Phelps got held up at gunpoint. Uh, I yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. Michael Phelps has been... Oh, sorry. I got the wrong taxi. It was Ryan Lochte. Um, so, <laughs> coverage in Canada of the breaking news. <laughs> oh, right. We hope you're okay. I, right? I just love... I just have to say here... Ryan Lochte's official website. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, I mean, first of all, online orders, please, please allow four to six weeks for delivery. I could buy something off of Amazon and have it here tomorrow. What could you buy off weeks. the Ryan Lochte website? <laughs> Just that, the, the Ryan Lochte website says, 12-time Olympic medalist, four world records. Ryan Lochte is considered by many to be the best swimmer in the world. Is he? Really? Like who? <laughs> in a world that Michael Phelps doesn't exist? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm here right now. You can. What can you buy? You can buy Ryan Lochte Hardcore. Is that a book or is that porn? <laughs> oh, it's a workout DVD. 
the Ryan Lochte workout DVD, another live commentary for Off the oh Podium. Oh I'm like, I've got, yeah, this is, I'm wondering what, you can, you can only buy, there's only one item you can buy from the store, and that's the Ryan Lochte workout DVD, which takes four to six weeks <laughs> for delivery. <laughs> I'm going to be so much fatter by the time it gets here. No, it's because Lochte's, like, chartering a cab to get there. He actually <laughs> delivers reason it to why you. It's exported- yes, he delivers it to you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's that on himself. I will personally deliver it to you. <laughs> I can click on contact. Oh, can we send Ryan Lochte a message? Um, oh, it's just a form. Oh, please allow four to six weeks for delivery to Ryan Lochte. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says on his Twitter, too. Please, a well, four to six weeks for a retweet. <laughs> He's been held up at gunpoint. Please allow four to six weeks for a reaction. Um, oh, he donates. I just charity. love that Ryan Lochte himself retweeted Pop Sugar's 30 shirtless photos of Ryan Lochte that will make you scream, Ja! <laughs> he retweets this. Oh my god, Ryan Lochte, you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I thought this was going to be the bold episode. I've got Can to we be- just read live Ryan Lochte tweets for the next half hour? I've ditched the razor for at gentle hair remove. Three treatments and now I'm always silky smooth. <laughs> I found his Instagram page and there's a picture of him and Matt Lauer and he looks older than Matt Lauer. <laughs> Photo of him with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, there is a picture of him, I guess, when he was getting his hair bleached silver, ah, yeah. whoever told him to do yeah, that. I can see that now. But, like, seriously, like, when you get your hair dyed, like, for the most part, you know, it looks about, like, there's, on his Instagram page, he's got a picture of him getting his hair coloured, and right below it, there's a picture of him, like, with his London gold medal around his neck, looking all, like, stern, and, like, I mean... All jokes aside, he's an attractive guy. Like, good on you, Ryan. Like, you've let it go to your head a little bit. That's why. But, like, <laughs> him getting silver hair, like, adds 30 years to his appearance. Like, it honestly is like he's starring, he probably is starring in the Ryan Lochte biopic, and he's probably just starring as his dad as well as himself. So, <laughs> he's doing is he it. trying to go for that Anderson Cooper look? Like, what was his thinking? Yes, he, like, he looks so much older. It's not even a remotely close thing to being older, but... Oh, God, if there's any more... If, like, seriously, you're a lady or a man and you're into Ryan Lochte and you want to see a shirtless picture of him, like, every day, follow him on Instagram. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. And he will retweet other people's shirtless pictures of him, <laughs> so you'll get double the shirtless Ryan Lochte. And it will take four to six weeks for your follow request to be approved on his Instagram page. Yeah, that's so right. <laughs> get cracking now and you might get in there before Tokyo. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> We're nearly an hour into this episode and we have barely done anything except talk about Bolt and Ryan Lochte. CBC pretty much just airs rowing all the time, even though we're losing in rowing right now, so... We might be able I think to do... We, maybe they have some contract with Rowing Canada. What, what do we do here? Do we take a brief transmission to do some commentary here, or do we keep going on? <laughs> I don't know how that turns out with our commentary and people can't hear any sound effects, but... Um. <laughs> well, they're rowing right now. Oh, it hasn't started for me yet. They're, still, they're blocks. Forward, <laughs> oh, how are you on such a delay? Oh, because <laughs> Channel 7 suck on my tablet, apparently. <laughs> Even just, Plains has a better internet connection than Hobart. You're the started. capital of Tasmania. 
I've just seen those guys dangling over holding the boats that we talked up yesterday. Um, you know why no one's at these events? is because they built all these events right next door to, like, tall buildings where people live. So they're just watching it in their pyjamas, getting out of bed. Like, oh, oh yes, let's watch the rowing. Just open the curtains. You know... <laughs> When uh, when the the Pan Am Games were here in Winnipeg in 1999, um, I didn't get a chance to go to any event, but I was thrilled that as the athletics was going on, I was able to watch it on TV, and from my apartment window, I could see the Goodyear blimp circling the stadium, <laughs> and occasionally they'd show a shot of the Goodyear blimp on the TV, and I'm like, look, it's out the window and on the TV. That's perfect. That's perfect. All right. We're keeping on this run, but okay. Athlete of the day. Uh, Jared, did you have anybody in your mind at all? I did. I picked one of our, um, well, not our, but one of the amazing uh, discus throwers, Polish athlete uh, Peter Malachowski, ah, yes. um, mainly because the, the commentary with the discus is a little bit tricky and you have to be careful of your timing of, of when you say certain comments. Um, so we had a beautiful moment where um, he's just um, gone for a throw. It was a good one. Um, it's landed. They cut back to um, they cut back to Peter. The commentary is a little bit delayed and it's focused on him. It's a full body shot and then you get the commentary. It's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Which was just perfect, and it described Peter to a T. <laughs> right. This is going back to the suits we were talking about yesterday with the rowing, that apparently that deserves a new story, seeing the size of male rowers' penises. Um, so, wow, okay. I don't know if I can top that one. Well, actually, maybe I can. Uh, Jared, uh, sorry, Colin, do you have a... Or is this going to be an obvious one for you? Uh, well, I was going to put up Kate O'Brien, the Canadian cyclist who fell over after giving the death stare, uh, but I think, just in all seriousness, the story alone of Jason Schuling or schooling or whatever uh, being the first Singapore gold medal ever, and can you imagine how this story is going to be spun in Singapore? <laughs> the fact that this is probably Michael Phelps' final individual race of his career, and that Singapore beat Michael Phelps, and they beat chad laclo i mean it's such a huge story when you really put in that context uh, i'd love to see him up as the athlete of the day and did you see the um they were showing a photo of uh phelps with him taken in 2008 when he was like a kid um and they were talking this up on our coverage like, oh he was a fan of phelps and now he's beating him um so the creepiest thing about that is that michael phelps was kissing him at the time <laughs> yes. we know michael phelps and his kissing babies <laughs> indeed indeed he was uh just watching this rowing right now i, don't, I hope i've caught up to you because i just closed it and reopened it but uh brennan's shitting it in she's about 18 kilometers ahead of china right now so um, she's she's rowing to argentina it seems right now at this rate like this is a gold jared come on this is this is a lock right now for australia yeah, um, I'm not going to call it, but I I think so. Halfway I mean, point. she could capsize, and that would be a typical Australian move. Um, but, yeah, she's looking impressive past the 1,000-metre mark and a couple of boat lengths ahead. 3.7 so. seconds ahead I, of America, and more importantly, 5.4 seconds ahead of New Zealand right now. So this, this, is, this is good right now for Australia. I will say uh, the medal that Canada won yesterday in rowing, at this point we were in fifth. <laughs> and then we ended up in second, so New Zealand oh, still has a shot. You just you just put the Mickey on it. Don't she's not a Campbell, she's a she's a Bradbury. Um 
My well, actually, no, she's not because she's winning. So no one's going to like sink right <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> she's a thorpy. That's who she is. I- I'm giving it my my one is Dane Bird Smith, as I mentioned before. Now he took the bronze, but you know I love a good athlete who just gets extremely excited over little things. I mean, we talked up this with Sally McLennan when she won it back in uh, Beijing and just anybody. But I don't know if you saw much of his post race interviews, uh, Jared. But he just was going off. He won a bronze medal. You would have thought he won the whole Olympic the way he was carrying on. He's come out there at the interview afterwards. He's, like, breaking down and crying. He's like, oh, I've looked at my watch. I've done a bloody PB as well. I just can't believe it. I'm stoked. I just want to find my family. Shall we point out his dad was promptly being arrested by Brazilian officials at this point because he didn't have the correct accreditation, was trying to run through everyone to get to his son, but the Brazilian officials, who can't even clean their own diving pool, can arrest the dad of an Olympic bronze medalist because he doesn't have the right pass so um, that's what was happening um and yeah it was an amazing story and then apparently i was reading too that he was so overwhelmed with everything that he nearly missed the bus back to the stadium to his medal ceremony because he was vomiting up gatorade um so uh yeah this oh he's just i think he's just an australian legend already you know stuff the campbell sisters this guy for our flag bearer at the end. Um, which, who is our flag bearer right now, Jared? We, we talked about this yesterday, I think. Are they giving it to Mac or Kyle? Or I say give it to, give it to Dane. Kim Brennan. Oh, it's Kim Brennan. She's about five seconds ahead now. She's got less than 500 metres to go. This is, if she loses this right now, I quit. I quit the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> because she's, this is like a bigger lock than, um, I don't know, that. This is like watching Katie Ledecky in the swimming. Yeah, well, exactly. I'm cool. She's so far ahead of everyone right now that she's in the, the sailing regatta right now, about to win a medal in sailing. Uh. I just wanted to say, though, this is the bluest water I've ever seen. Why don't they just dump <laughs> some of this into the pools for the diving? <laughs> Just scoop it up. The diving outdoors. I should say. You can dive into this. I should say that, like, we talked about the rowing. It's confusing with their camera angles. Even right now, they've got the helicopter shot, and it's sort of at a weird angle and everything, and... This is getting very close. Oh, she's she's won this. This is this is a bigger lock than uh, than Warren Potent should have been in the shooting. And you know, all the people who are listening to this episode three hours later, and they know that she loses, they're <laughs> laughing at you right now. <laughs> well, come on, she's she's out to the Olympic signs now. This is like near the finish line. She's looking around. This is where she does the same bolt, surely, and kind of over. She's gone. Winner. Gold. Oh, that lane one row is getting closer. Or is that just the angle of the camera? I don't like these angles. That was a lot closer than I thought <laughs> it would be. Behind oh, shit. Hang on, she won already? <laughs> oh, yeah. But it was a lot clo- U.S. was a lot closer than I thought oh, they were. Well, fuck, she's only winning right now on mine. Go, Australia. Go, you good thing. Gold, gold, gold. Yes. Six gold. <laughs> Suck it, Fred. You're you the middle telly. Jerry. <laughs> Oh, this is. I'm just happy that she didn't try to give the death stare to the Americans and the Chinese right before she crossed the finish line and capsized. (laughs) Kim Brennan has just shot Australia back ahead of the French and the Germans and the Koreans, and we're just now behind the Japanese. But they're fine. I like the Japanese. They're awesome. So, yay, we're in fifth again. (laughs) They're much better than the French. Yeah, yeah, the French. Uh, France probably just won another medal while we're talking about it. Anyway... (laughs) 
That's why there's no crowd there, Jared. They're all getting killed by rogue bullets and rogue beach balls in the green pool. Like, I can't imagine what colour the water is in the toilets. Like, if the pool's green. <laughs> so, like... I just... I seriously... I can't get over this. This is the Olympic Games, the pinnacle of sport, the greatest event in the world every four years. You know, countries bid and spend so much money in order to host these. And you've got the freaking diving pool is turning green with algae and the Brazilians are just like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> we need to analyze this more. This is terrible. This is absolutely ridiculous. People laughed at me when I said Hobart could hold the Olympics. Brazil has a green pool. <laughs> they can't. This is a cleaning problem. Yeah, I mean, I think the funniest comment I read was was from the um, synchronized divers who's, who who commented about. Yes, when we land in the water, we can't even see where our partner is. <laughs> <laughs> Those underwater cameras where they look so, like, agile floating to the top. They're like, ah, oh, my eyes, my eyes, oh, what's going on? <laughs> they get out of the pool gasping for air. <gasps> like, limbs are falling Yeah, when off. we start to see them wearing... When the, when the divers start wearing goggles and nose plugs, <laughs> then we know that it's becoming a real issue. <laughs> wearing their snuggies, wearing hazmat suits. <laughs> diving into the pool. In The Simpsons, wasn't it the fish that comes out with the three eyes? They're interviewing yep. the, the, the British bear who won. One's got an extra limb coming out of his head and the other one's like <laughs> crawling on I the I mean, ground. if we're being honest, that should have been the, the mascot for the Olympic Games, three-eyed fish. <laughs> yes! It will be. Or, an, or just an algae spore by itself. <laughs> I just love the attitude of the Brazilian organisers. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, God, this is, this is amazing. And here we were thinking that everything was going okay in Rio. Um, I did see a little bit, potentially, a Russian taking on a Georgian in the wrestling. Uh, it was hard to tell. The commentators were confused about who was who and was saying the coaches were wrong. Um, the main thing I took away is when you want to challenge, you throw in uh, the, the mascot from the Olympics into the ring to signify that you want to challenge something. Um, then the mascot gets passed to the judges. They review the challenge and they chuck the mascot back to the coach. I mean, this is the most inefficient system of challenging possible. I mean, give the coach, like, a yellow card to hold up or something. Um, it's just more of the little statuettes. Um, there's been just... They've over-ordered on everything for the gift shops in Rio, and they've got to use it somehow, and it's the green games, and it's reduce, reuse, recycle. Um, but, oh, far out. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's just Thomas Bach's presidency again. It's just like, yes... Throw in the mascot. The kiddies will love it. Like, the kids aren't watching wrestling, Thomas, because they're not allowed to. All you need to do is put a bit of chicka wow wow in it and it's porn. Like, it's like the parents don't let the kids watch wrestling, all right? So, I didn't actually see that bit with the mascot, but I think I need to find out. I need to look at it. I was, I mean, I watched it and I was terribly confused. I'm like, is this the coach throwing in the towel? Is this him saying, no, this wrestling's over? My, my charge can't handle this wrestling. Um... I, that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I'm glad it's a thing, but far out. It's 
weird. I'm glad they didn't like. I mean, they might have had it in Sydney. I don't know, but you'd have to throw in like Sid, Millie, and Ollie. Like there was three mascots in Sydney. Like did each did Sid mean something different to Millie and Ollie? Like oh, the kookaburra is different to the to the platypus. Oh no, that's an even extra bigger challenge. Like not the platypus. Uh, so, I can't even remember which one was which. A Sid, Millie, and Ollie. Sid was the platypus, I think. Ollie was the yep. echidna, and Millie was the kookaburra. Or was it the other way around? No, Millie, Millie was the is the echidna. Yeah, right. Yeah, Ollie is the kookaburra. Yeah. Okay, I, I was close. It's been sixteen years, people. Right. <laughs> This, at least this joke is like a decent attempt at a joke and it's not releasing, uh, mentioning jalapenos. My favourite joke to tell is, knock, knock. Who's there? Thank you. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't, hang on, I, just, I said that wrong. I don't. No, hang, on, <laughs> hang on, let's try that again. Let's try that again. I, I fucked it up. Knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> it's bad when I fucked this up. I don't. I don't who. I don't have a joke. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, Pamela Ware, the comedian of the Canadian Olympic team. (laughs) Channing Tatum is lining up at your door, Pamela. Uh, (laughs) She's written the sentence in cursive with you. Well, she's done it. Good on you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, How have they won so many medals? (laughs) Hello, Lindal. Oh, no, hang on. Let's start that again. Hello, Lindal Oatley. My name is Jenna, and I'm eight years old, and I have heard very much about you. You are a champion. I have no idea who Lindal Oatley is. Do you? Uh- no. Talk about um, Jenna keeping her cards close to her chest. What have you heard about it? Let us know. Um, we need some more scandals in the uh, media after uh, the Brazilian divers. So, um, yeah. Send that through to us. Please do. I ask her for a reply. Maybe she will. Um, <laughs> Holly from Queensland to Alana Boyd. Alana, you are my hero. I will be watching tonight from Australia in capital letters. <laughs> All the best. Hope you beat your record. Smiley face. We are proud. Hug. <laughs> Adam Bell to Tom Burton, our great sailor, Tom Burton. Good luck for gold tonight from Adam in your sister's class. Uh, <laughs> Adam straight, uh, Tom Burton straight away going, ah, oh, Adam, yes, I know your sister. <laughs> um, what else have we got here? Um, Holly Graham from New South Wales. Dear Animeers, well done in your brilliant race. I watched you from Sydney, where I live. Uh, <laughs> I'd hope so. <laughs> I watch you from Sydney, where I'm visiting. Uh- <laughs> in the semifinals, we failed to advance in the men's 1500 meter. Nathan Brannon and Charles Tibetot, I think the way we're pronouncing it. It's, this is like the most elegant name ever. His full name, Charles Philibert Tibetot. <laughs> <laughs> sounds that like someone's sounds made like... it up. I'm just going to call you Charles Flibberdub Tibberdub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like somebody that should be like an old British movie or, or uh, <laughs> Downton Abbey or something like that. Um, 
But thankfully, in the women's 800 meter, Melissa Bishop is moving on to the finals. Thank she was God. second in her semifinal. Thank God, yeah. Uh, Tori Nyhog is uh, through the quarterfinals in the BMX, men's individual BMX. That's an event, like, I, I don't know why this is something that's not on TV because this is like exciting. This is, we talk about how they need to bring more extreme sports into it. They need to bring more X games into it. And this is not even on TV. And here the great Tory Nyhog is through the quarterfinals and I didn't see any of it on oh, TV. We get, we get so blanket coverage. They love it here in Australia. I, I am a fan. It's great. It's BMX and sailing back to back all over it's, seven it's, and seven. The, the excitement between triathlon BMX and uh, sailing. Uh, I mean, I nearly lost my shit. <laughs> And only one of them was exciting, um, so... <laughs> <laughs> My name is Erica Weeb, and I am Canadian. Uh, and I just noticed that even though she's filling in the blank, it has an exclamation mark, which explains why, just like a few days ago, this athlete is writing everything with exclamation marks. So when it is, I'll just try to yell it. Uh, draw a picture of yourself. She did draw a picture of herself. She's not wearing a shirt for some reason. Oh, I need to see this one. <laughs> Nor does she have breasts, so don't <laughs> oh, rush to it. Damn but, it. Uh, she, she got very elaborate with her hair, and she drew eyelashes on there. She wrote her name, but she failed to draw a shirt or any, uh, any type of anatomy. <laughs> um, this was a lazy answer. The greatest Olympian of all time is, seriously? How do you choose just one? <laughs> and she leaves it at that. <laughs> well, don't. Give us a few. <laughs> well, <laughs> which uh, the, the, one, uh, the other one I was going to read today, he does list about four or five. I don't think he understood. Like, this isn't an essay. Um, I, how she couldn't have just followed this next question, because the first Olympics I remember watching was 96 100 m- meter final. <laughs> Oh, sorry. 96 100 meter final. <laughs> so, and she puts Donovan Bailey winning gold. Now, you could have picked him for greatest Olympian. Exactly. But there's How so do you many. Choose just one? <laughs> yeah. So there's so many and Olympics. How can I choose just one? <laughs> Let me go back to 1896. <laughs> oh, the Antwerp Olympics were pretty um, good. <laughs> uh, if I could be any superhero, it would be. She wrote, well. I just did an online quiz, and apparently I'm the Flash. (laughs) Just for the fun of it, I did an online quiz, and I'm the Green Lantern. I don't know how that works out. Uh, Cool. Superman was two for me, Robin four, uh, Robin three, Flash four. I don't need to do one. I know I'm Batman, so. uh. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite ice cream flavor is Rocky Road with hearts around it. Um, draw a picture of a Canadian animal. She drew a beaver. There's more detail in this beaver than there was her upper torso. I just want to point that out. I needed to put the beaver on a uh, In a movie about my life, uh, I would be played by Amy Schumer. Um, if I weren't an athlete, then I would be an astronaut. Now, <laughs> sorry. She's put exclamation points so many places in this questionnaire. For some reason, she wrote an astronaut and just put a period after it. An astronaut. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Um, My guilty pleasure snack is Cinnabon. Uh, My favorite song lyrics is, All you know is that the road is deep. Hard times will never get you beat. Hold on by Sean Paul. Oh. What a what a song! 
Love Sean Paul. Sean the Paul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the most recent TV show that I binge watched was How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many. This one really did not deserve an exclamation point. <laughs> My favorite place in the world to compete is Guelph. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many places in the world. <laughs> she picks Guelph. What's that? She Where's did that? put after that. It's in Ontario, but th- you'll understand where she wrote this. My family is always there, and I've had so, so many memories. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is just being argumentative now. My favorite video game is she crossed out the video part of the question and wrote the word bored underneath it. And put that her answers is Settlers of Catton. Oh, what a game that is. Oh, that's, there you go. She's against video games. People who play that board game, like it's probably, what is it, like a Dungeons and Dragons style game. They are now thinking to themselves, we can win Olympic gold medals because... <laughs> We've got an Olympic gold medalist who plays whatever that game was. You said I can't remember it. <laughs> Settlers of Caton. Of course. Yes. Or something like that. <laughs> Just drive down to Guelph for a weekend, sit down for a nice long games of Settlers of Caton, and the gold medal can be yours too. <laughs> um, my, my biggest fear in life is getting my <laughs> fingers chopped off by hockey skates. Oh, for real. Hate that. <laughs> terrifies me every day <laughs> it is the second biggest cause of death here in canada just behind cancer so maybe she has reason to be afraid right okay <laughs> um what would the coolest olympic medal look like she drew a medal that looks like it's supposed to be glowing and she wrote nothing changes <laughs> exclamation mark except <laughs> like her torso the medal has no definition <laughs> no design to it it's just a circle on a string <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, I can't live without, seriously, wrestling. It keeps me sane. There's so much in life. <laughs> <laughs> I can't live without, seriously, how can I pick just one thing? Um, if I were in baseball, if I were a baseball player, my walk-up music would be Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-A-Lot. Yep. And... The best name I've ever been called is Weeble, comma, Weeby. <laughs> now, why is this the one question she felt it was okay to answer two to? <laughs> There's no... How do I pick just one? No, Weeble and Weeby. Yep. He's got to, you know, he's got to have more than one for that. But yes, exactly. How can I pick just one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our Canadian half of the day, gold medalist, Erica Weeb. <laughs> this is where you said, Ben, how can I choose just one? Uh, <laughs> There's so many on here. <laughs> uh, this one from Yvonne Walker New South- from New South Wales to Madeline Hills. Now, we've talked a lot about uh, people wanting them to reply and all this. Sort of, this one might take the cake. To Madeline Hills, congratulations on your outstanding efforts so far at the Olympics. You are doing the Illawarra and Kembla joggers proud. I have an invitation for you from the Illawarra Connection. We'll fill you in next week after your final. All the best from Sunday. Why Walker at IllawarraConnection.com.au. Then put their email address in this one. <laughs> Can everybody right now email Why Walker at IllawarraConnection.com.au pretending to be Madeline Hills? I read your message on. 
Whipping out. I would love your invitation. <laughs> Everyone just needs to spam a Von Walker right now. <laughs> this is off the podium spam campaign yes. of day 13. Trolling the Illawarra connection. Uh, from Jessica to the entire Olympic team, the Australian Olympic team. Come on, I know you can do it. You will do great. I know you can do it. Keep it up. <laughs> well, that needs a bit of um, excitement there. Um, Rosemary Opakan, Victoria, to Rachel Talent. I believe she's a female. I think she's married to Jared Talent. I'm just guessing. Or they're cousins. I don't know. Um, so excited to see you at yeah, Rio. Cousins in the Olympics. <laughs> so excited to see you, Rio. Good luck in your race. Hope you achieve the result you have worked so hard for. We are having an all-night party on the 19th in front of our TV screen to cheer you on and Jared every step all the way. Enjoy yourself. Take care. Have fun. It's going to be amazing for you. Go talents. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> great. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, yeah, these are pretty boring. To Patrick Mills. Go for gold from Toby and Elise Weil. Um, Inspired uh, words. Here we go. Uh, Jonathan Grogan, overseas fan to Eleanor Patterson. Eleanor, I'm the American that you met at the Walmart in West Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of I'm rooting, they've written I'm routing for you and wish you all the best. You're an awesome person and no matter what, hold your head high. Best of luck. Oh, that person I met at Walmart. Um, oh, what's this one? To Emma Sow, Western Australia, to our equestrian Edwina Tops Alexander. This is stupid. I have free agistment available for a pony who deserves the best retirement to be purely a companion for my retired 24-year-old gelding. High land on Torbay Hill, no mosquitoes and no flies here. Just a stress-free, <laughs> relaxing horse home. I feed an apple daily and my old mount is waiting in a home paddock, same time every day. <laughs> Edwina, your horse is welcome. This isn't advertising, Emma Sal. This isn't advertising. <laughs> We know it's it's good now. Their screeners are down. That means our next message is going through for sure. Yeah, can I literally write to Brittany Elsley? I have a spare space in my bed. It's warm. It's comfortable. This <laughs> 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 is ridiculous. Um, there's got to be another one here. This we're on a roll today. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're losing now. Oh bugger! All right. Okay. Oh, this one's all in capitals. Maybe we need to go this way. This is to our man Warren Potent, the choker shooter that was favourite and didn't do anything. Jason King, all in capitals. Go was! All the best in Rio, mate, but hurry home, mate. Need your help with my Cummins parts. Ha 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 ha! You should be proud, <laughs> cop. I don't know. My Cummins part. C U M M I N S. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Is that a part of a gun? How are these messages getting through? <laughs> How did... The, who's... Is the intern on the approval messages today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Who are we said We're running out of sports. We're running out of people. Um, I, I don't know. Where are we going today? Do you have any wrestlers? Uh, yeah, I think we only had the Ivan guy the other day. So hang on. That was Greco-Roman. Do we have a freestyle wrestler? Yeah. Oh, here we do. We've got two freestyle wrestlers. We've got Talget Ilyasov and Sahit Prizreni, the great esteemed 
freestyle wrestlers of Australia. <laughs> Who do we like? Talgat or let's Sahith? Go with, let's go with Talgat. Talgat. All right. Hello, Talgat. If you're listening to us, you look like a very tough bloke. Your nickname is Charlie. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I get that from Talgat Ilisov. Uh, what are we going to say to Charlie? Come and fix my Cummins uh, part? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what if we said, uh, I met you at the Walmart in Flin Flon. <laughs> yes. And then go on to say, I believe Ryan. I was robbed in the bus. Drivers are working with robbers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hang on. Let's get to this point. Click on you. Thank you. Um, I met you <laughs> at the Walmart in Flin Flon. Flint is apparently what it says. Flin Flon. Um, <laughs> you were great. <laughs> I believe Ryan. <laughs> what was the next part I after that? <laughs> Who was robbed in the bus? <laughs> Drivers are working with robbers. <laughs> are working with robbers. <laughs> Hope you wrestle well. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just add a PS to that? PS, you wrestle. PS, <laughs> <laughs> yes, hope you wrestle well. Done. Go, Charlie. You go, you good thing. What a day for sport. What a day for the Olympics. What a day for Australia in general because, uh, look, we like to take credit for a lot of things on this show because that's what we generally do in the Oz Network. We say something, it happens, and we take credit for it. Well, all we've done this podcast is take credit for the sport of modern pentathlon and out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Australia is the greatest nation in the world when it comes to modern pentathlon because of us. We're taking credit for it. Chloe Esposito, you are welcome. We'll get to that. And because we've got an Australian on the line who's excited for modern pentathlon as I am, as the entire nation is right now, Jared Lubick, what a day for sport, what a day for Australia, what a day for the world. Yeah, I mean, really, it should have been a national holiday. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping they'll, they'll call one for Monday. I mean, this sport is just going to take off in Australia. Um, <laughs> the most unexpected gold medal of the Olympic Games for Australia and just, I think, my favourite. And, um, I mean, I put... Um, Chloe Esposito, I mean, I'd put her up for the flag bearer for the closing ceremony because, I mean, what what an amazing win. Not a question. Not even a, not even a debate, Jared. Uh, I think that it should be locked and loaded. The AOC right now should have her holding the flag as we speak, teaching how to wave it. Um, yes, absolutely. It's just, it's almost a, such a cultural fun aspect. The closing ceremony of London, of course, you had the Spice Girls come out. I mean, who are the Brazilian Spice Girls? <laughs> is, is Gazelle going to come I'm back sure out again? Just, yeah, Giselle's one of them, right? <laughs> um, but I remember Torino, you randomly had Ricky Martin. I mean, he's about as Italian as I am, isn't he? Like, I mean, like, <laughs> we don't have any famous Italian pop stars. Let's get Ricky Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so, by all means, Justin Bieber's going to be in the closing ceremony tomorrow. I always, I always also look forward to the little um the display like the tokyo display so you know are we gonna 
get like sumo wrestlers and robots and I mean, what 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 do we have to look forward to from Tokyo? Do you think in terms of a little display? Oh, um, yeah, maybe a lot of iPads. <laughs> <laughs> Some Mario Party 64. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember... <laughs> Something Nintendo related. Well, I remember the the Vancouver one had Avril Lavigne singing, uh, so that was Canadian. Um, and I remember for, yeah. for a Sydney, they had very infamously here in Australia, we mocked it for many years, they had kangaroo, inflatable kangaroos on bicycles riding around the Atlanta Stadium. So uh, they actually made fun of that in the Sydney closing ceremony, like to take the piss out of the Americans. So, um, I think you know, knowing the British sense of humor, it was actually a joke when they put inflatable Roger Daltrey <laughs> out there with the Who to perform <laughs> for the closing ceremony. Yes, a little bit of just a half foot Australia yes, there. Yes, yes. They, they have um, David Beckham on a double decker bus in Beijing or something like that. Like come to London, David Beckham kicking a ball into the crowd. So, as you do, why not? We need to talk about our favourite modes of the games, uh, favourite modes of this podcast. Now, I want to read this one out because, Colin, you're, you're about to leave us very shortly. Um, and I, I put the post up on our Facebook page to ask any of our listeners, what were your favourite moments, blah, blah, blah. We had one reply. Now, this is from a listener. I don't know, Colin, maybe if you know this person, from Jamie Hilding. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah, the famous Jamie Hilding. Um, my favourite part was when Colin wasn't with me, because I... No, actually, it doesn't really say that. Uh, my favourite part of the <laughs> games was when Bolt and DeGrasse smiled at each other, and you could see that he made Bolt work for the win. My favourite part of the podcast was when you guys went over the questions and pitches that the athletes filled out. Also, that I think Canadians did an awesome job this year for medals. We kicked butt. Ah, Did you did you tell her to write that? Or? We do. <laughs> I didn't know she wrote that. This is a surprise. I was worried she was going to say something embarrassing there. Yes. You didn't come to bed last night till 11.30. What were you doing? Stop looking at pictures of Eliza. Uh, uh, 11.30 would be generous. <laughs> I, I couldn't help but notice it when you look on Wikipedia and you see all the major races you've done that you did compete in Hobart in Tasmania, which is where our co-host Ben is from, um, which he endlessly mocks. Can you tell us about any experiences in competing in Hobart? Oh, my goodness. So it was the 2012 Olympic trial for the Australians. It was the hottest day on record in Hobart. We started our race in 38 degrees. It was, it was the most treacherous experience of my life. It was a, I guess it was a Saturday night. We started the race at 6 p.m., right down the main street there with all the all the pubs and so you have the guys going into the pubs for their you know to start their night and then you have a bunch of race walkers so as you can tell as you could probably imagine the comments that would start to uh to fly um it was definitely a interesting race um to say the least and we had i think in a race of 50 people i think 40 of them ended up dropping out because it was so hot oh so it was it was a it was a war of attrition. It was a not definitely not a fun one to be a part of. Well, the next time that you're in Hobart, make sure to hit up our co-host Ben Waterworth and uh, get him into race walking with you. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll go for a walk on the main strip. And is it a sport that changes much uh, in the time that you're away? I mean, do you find that you've got your fellow competitors really pushing that envelope just a little bit more, or is it still very similar, I guess, to when you left it in, in 2014? 
Um, I, you know, it's funny because I, I would say it's actually regressed a bit. So, you, you know, you have people, a lot of people retire after Olympics. Um, and we had, you know, people retire after Vancouver Olympics, strong athletes and strong ones again retire after Sochi. And it's up to then the young kind of guns to fill in that, that void and start stepping up. And there hasn't really been much of that going on. So it's been interesting. There's been a format change which encourages you to play it safe a little bit more rather than, than take risks. And I think, um, that's kind of, dumb down the field a little bit not to say they're not good they're very good but they're not taking they're not pushing the envelope um, as much as perhaps we have for the last couple of Olympics so it is interesting um, there's a you know there's a young girl Ashley Caldwell that is you know amazing and, and out there every week doing triple somersaults but other than her um, you know the, the field's playing it quite cautious um, so it's been interesting to come back to I you know certainly didn't expect to come and win an event this season um i really just wanted to come back and um i've had very limited training you know you said several months i've had actually several weeks so not much at all preparation um so i I didn't set the bar very high for myself (laughs) to be honest but um but a lot of the stuff's still kind of in the memory bank, you know, in your muscles and your brain, and, and I'm not doing triples, so I'm, I'm on the double doing easier tricks, which are a bit more manageable for me, you know, given the preparation I've had and the, the circumstances of life that I'm in at the moment. So, um, but, you know, I don't you know, take a win any day. I mean, that's an amazing feeling. And, yeah, I think for the rest of the season, um, just focusing on, keep on keeping on building, you know, and, and getting back to that form that I... I have liked to enjoy in, in the past. So, so you won't need to go out and try and improve on the quad twisting triple somersault next year in 2018 <laughs> then to try and really push for another medal then? You know, no, you don't need to. And that's, you know, that's been kind of against my grain, um, you know, in the past not to just do what you need to do. You know, I've always gone out there pushing myself and pushing the envelope. Um, but for, for a fifth Olympics and, and circumstances with me now, it's just not, I'll be doing it in a different way, you know, um, and what's manageable for me and, and my family as well. And um, But, yeah, as I said, Ashley Caldwell will be out there. She'll be the, the only girl, really, doing quad-twisting triple somersault. Um, and, I mean, yeah, anything can happen at the Olympics. But, yeah, with not a lot of women on the triple, um, it's going to be an interesting competition of strategy more, more than... More than um, you know, courage and and really pushing the boundaries. You mentioned the Welcome Home Parades. Uh, I was actually at the one here in Hobart. I mean, you've obviously got a great connection to Tasmania, given that Scott is Tasmanian. You're married here in, in Hobart, I believe, as well. But I saw the reaction that you got from the fans at the Welcome Home Parade here in Tasmania. There was big banners and all. it's almost like a fan club for you here. I mean, what was that like, sort of coming down here to see that experience when, you know, out of all the Welcome Home Parades, I guess? Oh, it was so cool. I, I definitely uh, penciled Hobart in as one that, I would not miss for the world. Um, we did get married there. I spent a lot of time um, down in Hobart and Tassie with with Scott and his family. And um, I think, you know, Hobart has 
and or Tasmania has a really exceptional, um, in particular, rowing community. Um, you know, the, the term punch above your weight is used a lot, but in terms of rowing, it couldn't be more true for Tasmania and, you know, the number of medal-winning Olympians that have, have come from what is essentially a very small state is quite exceptional. Um, and, you know, just the the atmosphere at the the Tassie Welcome Home Parade is really special. We always get given um, little gifts, which you don't get anywhere else. So, ah, right, okay. <laughs> no, it was really fun. Wow, um, wow. What, the, what, what do you get? Do you the, just get like little uh, Tasmanian food? I mean, what sort of gifts do we do Tasmanians give you? Yeah, well, we got a we got a Tassie Devil ah, course, um, in 2012, um, and this time round we got these beautiful lavender heat packs and some, you know, some fresh honey and just, you know, some delicious Cadbury chocolate. Nice, nice. <laughs> no of course, here. yes. Well, that, there you go. That's what you'd expect from uh, from Tasmania. So. Uh... <laughs> Have you uh, managed to take the medal off, though, Tom? I mean, what what do you do with it afterwards? I mean, I could imagine you just you, you get it and you just never want to let it go for a while after that. Uh, yeah, yeah, not so much. It lives in the top of my cupboard at the moment, <laughs> um, but it's, it's still getting a fair bit of use, you know, taking around to the different things that I'm attending. So, uh, yeah, you know, after a, if I haven't attended anything for three weeks or so, I kind of forget that it's up there, um, <laughs> to be honest. Wow. But then uh, you know, I've, got, I've got one of the photos that... Uh, that I got from the Australian Olympic Committee up on my wall, um, you know, which is some of the best photos of the after the medal race and stuff that um, is, the, you know, only 250 got made as a limited edition uh, photos there. So, you know, those are some of the you know, greatest photos and, you know, that'll definitely stay with me for the rest of my life. So, so it's not something you've tried to get free stuff out of, you know, just like try to walk into a store and go, hey, gold medal, give me stuff or something along those lines. Uh, people tell me to try and do that, but I can't, you know, I can't really bring myself to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what, you know, if, if you, if you use that, uh, what it can actually get you. Well, but, uh, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think really what ultimately it could. I mean, uh, it obviously didn't work to try and get some people into the boomers game, but I guess they weren't all gold medalists. So, I mean, that could have been a bit different, but, um, you know, there, there's something you could put on your bucket list just to see, you know, what, what can I get with an Olympic gold medal around my neck? Yeah, I think, you know, I think the more the time goes on, those sort of, uh, little sneaky tricks, they'll definitely come out. <laughs> If I could be any superhero, I would be. Oof! Uh, I'll go with Wonder Woman. Come on. <laughs> uh, my favorite ice cream flavor is. Oh, chocolate chip mint. Uh, this is so funny. I, I think the whole thing with with the Olympics is let's encourage people to be healthy, and then we pe- people get a laugh because we have McDonald's as a sponsor, and then these questionnaires. Half of them are about junk food. It's just so funny. <laughs> but it's I guess we all love it. Yeah, you can you can burn it off in what about five minutes at your level. <laughs> we're all real people. Yeah. Um, if I were a baseball player, my walk-up music would be. Oh. <laughs> your cycle-up music. Do you have? Oh, okay. Something? My, uh, I'll do another one. Bites the dust. Okay. <laughs> um, the best nickname I've ever been called is. <laughs> Um, woke up. <laughs> uh, if I weren't an athlete, then I would be? Uh, a physiotherapist. 
Uh, is that is that what the future will hold if uh, we don't see you in 2020? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, you know, once you haven't worked a, a regular nine to five job and you're 36, <laughs> it gets harder to embrace that idea. <laughs> uh, my guilty pleasure snack is oh, so many chocolate, <laughs> chocolate covered almonds. <laughs> uh, my favorite song lyric is. Oh, um, oh. I can't think of one at the moment. Another one bites the dust again. <laughs> well, I'd, uh, I I kind of like cheesy '90s music, so yeah. um, pump up the jam might be might be a good one for me. My brother would definitely agree. <laughs> I'm liking these sports where it's it's okay to eat a tub of ice cream. I mean, again, I can imagine curling. That I mean, you're in ice anyway. I'm that's, sure ice cream is there and it's easy to go. That's one of the factors. Yep. <laughs> that's one of the factors that I liked about curling because I can also see it that during training we can have a, totally have the boost on the side of the reef yes. just waiting. It'll yep. be a bit like pool. Yeah, exactly. That's so, exactly it. And it, it would be very – it's almost like pool, isn't it? Like, because it's very similar. So, I like your thinking yep. here. This is, this is the, um, you know – the future curling prospects of Catherine Skinner. I know Yana Pittman was our first dual winter summer Olympian, but uh, I think you might be the second and our first ever dual medalist in both summer and winter Olympics. Yes. <laughs> and it also breaks up the cycle there where I now won't. No, I don't have a four-year cycle of shooting. I've got a two-year cycle of shooting and a two-year cycle of curling. Yep, there you so go. It just keeps the variety going for the years. Yep, I, I see it working. Pointed, the other the thing is that someone pointed out is that finally I'll have clean floors. Because <laughs> I have to train and all of that sleeping. Yes, the benefits, going back to what you were saying about like post-careers in different sports, you know, at least the transfer with curling is that you're always going to have clean floors. That's perfect. <laughs> yep. Wow. I sort of I touched on it before in, in the introduction, but I mean, for those listening who might not know, I guess, kind of what came with that medal. I mean, the bronze, as I said, uh, you were the first individual medalist uh, in, in Winter Olympics for Australia, the second ever winter medal won by Australia, the first female uh, medalist uh, by Australia. And to this day, you are the only Australian to have ever medaled in the sport of alpine skiing. I mean, does does that sort of, does the history mean much to you then, Zali, that you kind of created that history and and held that and and i guess too as you were kind of mentioning i guess your your medal win then also spurred more funding and everything along those lines that helped you know push our winter program into what we've got today yeah look at the time i probably didn't appreciate that i can look back on that now and realize it is look and and i've been really privileged that i've been you know nominated in the sports hall of fame and i'm uh, sorry inducted in sports hall of fame and i'm in the you know the the hall of um fame in new south Wales as well and and you do in that opportunity to make sporting history is great. You know, as, as I get older and I look back that it's been 20 years, <laughs> um, it's nice to know that you've got something like that to, uh, you know, to hang out on. <laughs> but it's, um, look, at the time, it was a big moment. Also, you know, for me, I guess I looked at it from a personal point of view that it had been such a long journey um, that to me it was such a vindication of, of the self-belief I'd had that it was possible that I, I did have what it takes to make it. Um, so it was such, for me, that really, the, the 
initial feeling was very much that self-vindication that I'd been right to persevere all those times. Um, but then, of course, the the realization of what it meant for us as a you know as a country, and I think it it did spur on the next maybe era of our involvement in winter sports, where we became we we did go into a much more professional setup of having more funding and um, and you know and that's when the OWIA got created and it did create that whole next sort of next era I think of winter sports um, and uh, so it's kind of funny when you sort of then think oh you know, we were sort of pioneers of it and <laughs> I tend to think that it was more the Malcolm Milne era that was <laughs> the pioneers of skiing but um, look it, it, it did mean a lot and I look back on it now it's something that can never be taken away so uh, you know I it is really rewarding to have that um, and to know that sort of, you know, that you, 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 it, it, it's just an amazing privilege to get that opportunity to do it. It's not something that everyone gets to do and I really appreciate that, um, you know, I was extremely lucky and, you know, sometimes so many things can go right or wrong that you have no control over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, it, it is it is fantastic. I, it's crazy to think that it was twenty years ago. I don't feel twenty years older. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it is crazy. I mean, it's kind of what I was saying to you a little bit off air about my fanboying aspect of this, Ali. Because I mean, as I said to you, I mean, I, I watched this event live for some reason. I wasn't at school. Uh, maybe you have to ask my parents why. As an eleven year old, I wasn't at school. Uh, but I mean, I, I taped it on VHS. Oh, I, it was a Saturday. It was it was a, it was a Saturday. Well, there you go. No, That's why. No, no, it was a Friday. Well, Friday. Well, Friday. well, but it was there's something Japanese there. Time so it was evening. It was dinner time. Okay, well, there you go. That's maybe why I remember watching it. I wasn't at school. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have it on VHS. I, I've transferred it across to my computer now, and I was legitimately watching it uh, in the lead-up to this again because I might not have watched it in, in 12 months. But, I mean, it's just it's crazy to think, and this is, again, that fanboy aspect that 20 years later, here I am speaking to you because I, I watched that so much, Al. You have no idea how much I watched that after you won that bronze because I was so excited for you and so happy at that moment. Uh, well, look, well, thank you. Well, it's, like, it's been fun. and It's funny in the different ways in which it maybe touches people too in that already after the 92 Olympics, I had people write to me at the time saying, oh, you know, we've called our daughter Zali after you. Wow. We saw your name in the paper. We really liked it. And, um, and I certainly got quite a few after each Olympics, especially after 98. Um, and so there's a whole generation of Zalis out there, you know, <laughs> that are about that age. Wow. Um, so it, it is really cute. Look, I, I, I've, you know, I've been a bit of a mentor towards that you know we've got a Zali who ski races who's now about 18 or 19 <laughs> so she came along after Nagano so you know it's um uh, yeah look it's just it's it's a it is an amazing opportunity and and, and um you know and, and I think look athletes and sports sports heroes sometimes get it right and sometimes get it wrong as we well know but you know, no one sets about to disappoint and everyone is there putting it on the line, trying to do their best. And, and it is so motivating when you see people, when it all just comes together for people on the day. And I think that's why sport appeals to so many people, why it's so moving, is that it does. It just, you know, it gets that adrenaline pumping and it gets, it draws you in because of that sort of that belief that, I don't know, fairy tales do come true. <laughs> But then, like, I remember for Sochi, it was, you know, someone like Chumpy Pullen. I mean, Jared, did, I don't know if you how much you watched of Sochi. If I heard Chumpy Pullen's name one more time on that Channel 10 coverage, I was almost going to, like, jump off a Chumpy Pullen building because, seriously, he choked. He didn't win anything. But, like, I was sick of hearing his name. 
Yeah, a bit of a um, Matthew Delavadova situation <laughs> where the commentators just can't get enough of the name and, and keep using it. Are you are you a Chumpy Pullen fan, Colin? <laughs> I, I was just about to ask you, can you spell that for me? <laughs> Chumpy, C-H-U-M-P-Y, Pullen, P-U-L-L-I-N. Chumpy Pullen. It's... Like, in all honesty, it sounds like, you know, a nasty insult. You th- like, you know how certain countries have, well, the way that we look at Australia, like, you just have these weird slangs, like, hey, you chumpy pooling. Like, that's the, that's what I would assume it is. Like, it's some weird slang from some of their semi-English country. Well, he's a, he's a snowboard cross-athlete, and he's actually, I mean, he's one of the best in the world. I'm just looking here, actually. Uh, he, he's recently got a silver in the Winter X Games. He's two-time world champion. Uh, also a gold medalist in the New Zealand Winter Games. Wow, that looks good on his resume. Um, so, but he, he, he went into to Sochi basically as the favourite um, and was eliminated in the quarterfinals. And the, like this was blanket coverage. One thing that Australian at, uh, networks do during Winter Olympics, you get sick of seeing swimming during the Summer Olympics. There's less sports, less athletes for Australia in the Winter Olympics. So it's generally blanket coverage of the one athlete that might win a medal that week. Um, oh, let's take a look at Alex Pullen's baby photos one more time, just ignoring the fact that there's actual Winter Olympic sports happening right now. Um, so, uh, but Channel 10 don't have the Olympics next year. It's back to Channel 7. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see that. You mentioned the mascots, Colin. I'm sorry to say, they already have been announced. I'm going to send you both a link in our uh, box there. Uh, Suhrang and Banderby are the official mascots. Uh, Suhrang is a tiger, yeah, a white tiger, and uh, Burang is a, a Asiatic black bear, and they actually look like pretty decent mascots. I don't know if you... What do you Wait, think? In the, you, is this how you pronounce Bandabi? Because that's what I'm reading when it's... What did the I link say? You Burang. Su- oh, Surang. Oh, hang on. Surang I've just thought Surang and Burang. Yeah, Bandabi. <laughs> Think we, you think we'd edit that out to make me not look like a dick, but clearly we've kept that in. Uh, <laughs> oh, aren't you looking forward to the games next year when Ben Waterworth rips shit into Korean culture? Uh, hello to all our Korean listeners out there. <laughs> That's on the best of right away. Yeah, um, let's 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 talk a bit about these masks mascots here. Um, I like Surang, uh, Burang, or whatever you call it. <laughs> Yeah, Burang's great. <laughs> he just kind of looks like, like, I don't know, dark Teddy Ruxpin with a with like a Santa hat on or what? something. Like, I don't know what this is. Who's dark Teddy, Teddy Ruxpin? No, you don't know Teddy Ruxpin? I, I don't know. If I've ever heard of that before in my life. All right, yeah. Here comes another link. Okay, <laughs> Teddy Ruxpin was like a toy. I guess you would consider it like the first interactive toy. It was an animated series, but they they made the animated series out of a toy that well, you'd put like a cassette in it, and it would talk to you, and its mouth would move. And oh uh, yeah, my sister used to have a thing like that, but it was Mother Goose. It was like you put a tape in it, and it would read <laughs> stories, and it used to scare the shit out of me. Um... Well, <laughs> if it wasn't a bear, and if it wasn't wearing a sweater. Then it's not the same thing. That okay? is creepy. That bear is creepy. Yeah. It, it looks like one of those um, what's that F- Five Nights at Freddy's video game things? Like it looks like one of those things that's going to kill you. That's terrifying. 
I wanted one of these so bad when I was a kid, and the show was amazing. The the show the show holds up still today. That honestly looks like yeah, it's like, gonna kill me. I don't know why there, Jared. I mean, you think that's freaky too, right? I'm not the only one. Maybe it's an Australian thing. <laughs> yeah, that's nightmare material. <laughs> Canadians love it, but Australians are like, ah, get it away from me. <laughs> oh, it was huge here. I got another one I'll send you where he's eating his own circuit board, it looks like. So this will give you nightmares, especially oh, if you God. zoom in really close. That's not a circuit board. That's a small child. <laughs> that's Jimmy. That's little Jimmy. He's dead. <laughs> Honey, what happened to little Jimmy? Oh, don't worry about it. So so what I'm gathering is that you're a bigger fang of Boorang than you are Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> yeah, Boorang looks sweet. <laughs> With his Santa hat. He actually... And, you, know, can I, you go, you go. What's that moon? I, I'm guessing it's supposed to be a moon or something, but it looks like he has a bib on. <laughs> and it looks, what's the hat he's wearing? It almost looks like the Russian flag. It's like... It's white, red, blue. It was green on there, but why is Boorang promoting Russia? Uh, <laughs> I'm calling him Boorang. Yeah, stuff Bandaby. It sounds like Bambi. <laughs> Boorang <laughs> and Surang is so much better. You know what it looks like? It actually looks like the uh, the Moscow bear. Was that Misha? That was the the, Mo- the Moscow bear from the 80s? Google that. Google Misha. I'm actually looking at it right now. It's very similar. Is, where's, the, where's the copyright suit against this that the Pyeongchang Olympics have just ripped off the Moscow Olympics? The, the Russian aspects there again. The Koreans and the oh, Russians wait, are together. Talk about creepy. This Moscow one is terrifying. Oh, now, come on. <laughs> oh, it's wait, not wait. like some belt on and stuff. Can we do an episode uh, just on the mascots? Like, Yeah, mascots. Can we get the mascots on? Can that be our next interview? Easy. Let's Sorry, bring back Easy. We're going to bump our moguls preview because we have to get the mascots on. Uh, this one will be fun. My biggest fear in life is. My biggest fear in life. Wow. I think. I think this is. Okay, this is quite weird. I'm an odd one. I really don't like fruit, and mangoes scare me. <laughs> what specifically? I'm not lying. Everyone thinks I'm insane. What is it? Is it the taste that scares you? The appearance of it? I think it's sort of the taste and the texture. Like it just really gives me the heebie-jeebies, <laughs> and my coaches always give me a hard time for that. <laughs> Do you get assigned like uh, diets and stuff like that while you're training? Luckily, no, we don't. We just we obviously try to eat healthily on the road mm-hmm. and at all times. But I mean, we're not very strict with our diet. We're lucky in that respect for sure. <laughs> I w- we're not like extreme triathletes or anything where we have to really watch what we eat. <laughs> Funniest answer, but mangoes. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever be able to top that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a weird one. <laughs> Can you eat any type of fruit? Do you have a favorite fruit? Now I'm really curious. Um, you know, I I do enjoy fresh apples from my neighbor's farm <laughs> and also their raspberries oh okay but it has to be fresh and i have to know where it comes from it's really weird i'm quite picky that way <laughs> hence part of the fear is not knowing where it was this mango exactly it's too questionable <laughs> now we're going to move on to some final questions but before we do that there is uh one thing i have to ask because my uh 
co-host on the show, Ben, who's in the middle of recording a radio show right now. I think he's actually interviewing another Olympian, if I'm uh, correct on that. But he did send in a listener question, um, <laughs> listener question or host question, whatever it is, or a series of them, which all has to do with, I guess, the hero of Australian mogul skiing who I only found out last year was actually Canadian, um, Dale Baig-Smith. So I don't know how much uh, familiarity you have with Dale Baig-Smith, but uh, he was basically just asking uh, if uh, you had an opinion on how awesome Dale Baig-Smith is. Yeah, um, for us as Australian mogul skiers, we are so grateful for for what Dale has done for freestyle in Australia. Basically, um, myself, Matt and Brody. We've had the pathway paved for us since we were young athletes. Um, we watched Dale at his peak, you know, around 2006. We were in primary school and we got to see him training on our home course back in Australia. It was dream and, and see, see him there and then win the gold medal in 2006. It was like, it was super inspiring for us and, um, and that, that really helped us and helped freestyle within Australia. We, we received more funding. Our programs became a lot more solidified. And um, for us, that was good because we could see that it was possible um, in our country to, to have success in the sport. And, um, you know, fast forward a few more years, I got to compete in Vancouver as Dale's teammate and um, got to know him a little bit more and, and see that he was, you know, he was helpful for me and, um you know, I was there kind of, I didn't know anyone and um, this whole world stage was a new environment and he, and he was he was a great kind of support there and then um, the same kind of thing uh, in Sochi. And um, I guess for us, we've just looked up to his skiing and um, then, you know, it was great this year having Dale come and visit us in Dare Valley for the World Cup. He came and supported and watched us, gave us a few pointers and you were so grateful for that and, um, you know, we're just lucky to, to have him paved the way for us. Ben also did, and this is a reference that's going to go over my head, but he also wanted to know if you ever got invited to Dale's private island. Uh, is this a thing there? <laughs> Does he have a private island? That, Apparently. He, that, he asked about an, <laughs> an internet spam business and a private island. So I've just heard all these stories about him over the last couple of months about how he's almost like this legend in Australia. That you, you never see him, you never hear from him, but everybody knows he's there. Well, uh, that's the first I've heard of the private island, but um, I'm actually, one of my hobbies is surfing as an Australian, so I'm definitely waiting for an invite now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your first Olympics that you ever remember watching? Um, clearly, it would have been 2002, where, I don't know if you remember this girl, who was who's still one of the top riders in our sport, Lindsay Jacobellis, um, leading the border cross heat in the big final. So this was the gold medal round, and she was leading and then decided to show off on the last jump, yes. doing a grab and fell yep. in 10 seconds. Yep, I do remember that. You don't, don't, don't want to be doing that, I guess, next year. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> no, no, that was, that was um, border cross lesson number one for me yes. as a kid. Yes, so. <laughs> That's kind of day yeah. one of border cross. You see that? Okay, don't do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, if you could be any superhero, uh, who? What would you be, or who would you be? Oh, I haven't really thought about that one. I don't know. Something to do with snow, I guess. Like I love snow, and 
and, and racing and all that sort of stuff and everything to snowboarding for someone who can create a lot of snow somewhere and build up this awesome course or jumps or anything. That's, there isn't really any superheroes around snow, is there, that you kind of think about that? So uh, we need to change that, perhaps, Belle. We can we can create one around yeah. you. We can, I don't know, Super Belle, Belle Border, uh, something like that, I don't know. <laughs> Our <laughs> yeah, listeners can like draw that. up something and send it in, perhaps. Maybe that, that works, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, um, What's your favourite ice cream flavour? Uh, vanilla. Vanilla. Ah, simple. See, that, so people talk down about vanilla, but I, I'm with you there. Vanilla is like a nice, simple one that is, it's just something about a good vanilla ice cream that really just hits the spot. So, I like it. Yeah, you get vanilla bean. Oh, that's vanilla even really true. Good. Yeah, absolutely. That is a very good choice. I like it. I've taken up on, um, you know, my next challenge here, Sammy, is to sell Nordic Combined, which is a connection to yourself, of course, because uh, your husband, Ben, he's now taking up Nordic Combined, I believe. So no, maybe that's could... not true. It's not that's true? Not true. <laughs> oh, no, no, I got excited uh, there. Ben, no, sorry. Sorry to, sorry to crush, crush your dreams there. Um, yeah, my husband, Ben, uh, retired from cross-country skiing after the Vancouver Olympics in 2010. Um, ah. He had an opportunity to give Nordic Combined a go, which he did, um, but he came into the sport a little late, unfortunately. But for him, it was a great tool to sort of experiment within another sport that's linked to cross-country skiing, which obviously was his sport, which is the marathon running of, of winter. Um, to me, that is the hardest sport. I, like The training that those guys have to do is brutal and the racing is even tougher. So, you know, they're, they're definitely a different breed, those guys. But, um, yeah, Nordic Combined... I think we could be great at it in Australia. We've got cross-country ski, uh, ski trails all over New South Wales and, and Victorian snow fields. Um, we just got to get some kids over to Norway to learn how to jump. I, th- I feel we still need to get Ben on the show at some point just to get a bit of a vibe of cross-country as well as talking up this yeah. Nordic. How about, how about we hook that up after this interview and we see yeah, how we can go absolutely. with that? Yeah, uh, we'll, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll chat. We will. <laughs> What is your favourite ever Olympic moment? Now, this could be, I guess, your one of your own or one that you've witnessed, I guess, in your lifetime. Uh, I'll be. This will be a little bit biased, and it was um, Lydia's jump in Sochi, mm-hmm. and she did a jump that only the men do, and she basically bridged the gap between men and women in the sport of aerials. So, a lot of other people probably wouldn't have really understood the significance, but I saw her build up to that skill from the start and slowly progress over the year towards it and in the games and watch her get through all the final rounds and sneak in and I was like, oh, I don't know, she's going to get into the final round and have a shot at it, but she did and she was there to compete that jump no matter what and it was unbelievably inspiring and I can say that it was crazy impressive because I do that skill and it's, it's scary and she had done maybe two ever on snow and it might have been the day or the day before so it would have been terrifying and absolutely new ground for women in the sport and she went and did it and every time I watch it I get goosebumps and I'm so proud of her for just going out there and doing what she'd set herself to do that was her task and she got it done and it was absolute best moment i've ever witnessed fantastic and yeah, we, we we love lydia we as i said we had her on the show recently and um yeah fifth olympics next year wow do you think you can make it to five david uh, you've only got two more to go after another eight years on top of uh pyeongchang i mean that's not oh, long yeah. <laughs> that's, that's 
Well, look, I, I've retired like four times now, so <laughs> every time I'm like, oh, you're going, I'm like, nah, I'm done, and then I return, so I cannot be trusted with my statements, so don't listen to anything that I say. I will see what happens, and I'll probably retire, and then be home and be like, nah, I'm bored, I'm going back, but I, I have no idea. I haven't, I haven't thought past the day because I'm putting all my energy into that evening, and then once I've done that, the future is, is waiting for me and we'll see what happens then. You are the John Farnham of aerial skiing, it seems. <laughs> Just... I'll try my best, yeah. <laughs> you're the voice, Come David. Back. You're the voice, except yep. you're the uh, aerial skier at yep. this point. I for sure don't doubt that you are going to come home with a gold medal. I'm just saying it right now. No pressure at all. We're calling it on this no, day. No, nothing at all, yeah. On the, on the day when that gold medal goes around your neck, I want you to think back to this moment and think, oh, God, that podcast host Ben is a good guy. He made me win this gold medal. He called it, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. called it. Yep. I had doubts, but luckily I listened to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I, one of my favourite things, and I'm sure this might be one of the questions or comments you get a lot too in regards to uh, the music as well, but I, I love the moment when you guys step off the ice and you, you sit down on that little chair with the coach and you get the flowers and you're waving in the camera and you're waiting, you're sitting there, you're waiting for the scores and you've always got that look on your face. And I always think to myself, is are you just burning inside sometimes thinking, if you look at those scores and go, oh man, they are shit, I am so angry, but you've kind of got to be what, like calm and relaxed at the same time because you realise you've got a camera right in your face? How how awkward is that moment? <laughs> um, it, it can definitely be pretty uncomfortable. You know, you throw down a really good skit and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a mad score and it's like, okay, and you're like, oh, for that. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was awesome. I, I, I kind of liken it to like if you're at an award show and you're nominated and you don't win, how you've got to give that sort of subtle little accepting clap that you're kind of like, oh, they won. And you're kind of deep down like, what the hell? They shouldn't have won. But I just, I, I think you should next year at the games there, Brendan, if you, if you think you have nailed it, if you're like, yes, there we go. That's it. That's beautiful, fantastic. You get terrible scores. I kind of want to see you get the mascot. I want to see you throw it down. I want to see you just get so mad and angry. I mean, that would go viral online. I think you know that. <laughs> yeah, just like chuck a skate on the, on the ice while the next person forming up. Be like, I'm, I'm done with this. I mean, you know, minus the fine that you would probably receive for doing that, totally worth it, yeah. <laughs> got to obviously mention four years later a certain little event uh, happened uh, with uh, one of your teammates uh, Mr Bradbury went on to win that gold very famous moment I mean we what were you thinking when you saw that race because you know it's gone down in Australian sporting history about how he did it of course but uh, I mean are you sitting at home kind of going wow wow and just just absolutely in shock well I missed it because of the, the time zone but I had a friend call me not long after and and said I oh, you wouldn't believe what Steve did, and I said, "No, what happened?" He said he won. I went, "Oh, BS!" <laughs> I'm not that to show him on it. I went, "Oh, bullshit!" And um, but yeah, and I said, "I did. Did everybody fall over? Did they?" And he said, "Yep, everyone fell over." <laughs> which 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 can happen. It's not uncommon in in short track for that to happen. But um, but then when I watched it and I saw what happened in the quarterfinal and the semi final and then the final, it's. It was a 
it was a pretty uh, streaky run by Steve. Yeah. What What do you say to him when you next see him when he gets home? I mean, uh, you just go, oh, how you you lucky little bastard. <laughs> Oh, we, we probably partied harder than we did in 94. So, basically, he um, had an invite to the Melbourne Grand Prix um, and was invited to bring his, his, his girlfriend, but she didn't want to go. So, <laughs> I, I went down, met him down there, and I was at the airport, and, uh, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty good moment. Yeah, wow, that, that's incredible. We, we just, yeah, we just you know, probably partied for three days, I think. <laughs> I had, I had to laugh. I, I heard an interview you did with uh, a Canadian radio station recently, and uh, the host in that one asked about, obviously, you know, Usain Bolt. I'm sure that's a question you get asked all the time, you know, in terms of, like, he's, you know, retired now from the Olympics. Can we sort of get him on the team for, for Pyeongchang? What, what would it, what would that be like if you legitimately, if for some reason he woke up tomorrow and was like, yeah, absolutely, I want to go and give this a crack? I mean, would he make a difference, I guess, is kind of the question, or is it really down to back what you were saying? It, it's the driving, really. You've got the start down, Pat. You don't need a same bolt. Well, I mean, who doesn't need the same bolt? <laughs> <laughs> um, we could use him. Um, it would signif- It would make a significant difference at the start. Um, our driving is coming along. Um, so the, the start would definitely by far super, supersede the driving. Um, it it could it could make the difference in terms of a couple of places, um, but I don't know that it's going to allow us to win, um, because we, I don't honestly think, um, and objectively speaking, we're we're there yet. Um, I think we, we're going to be there for for um, for Beijing um, in uh, in in 2022, but you know I don't think we're for the men's team. Ready to contend for a medal. Well, there's a fairy tale for a same bolt. I mean, come on, he won his first golds in Beijing in 2008. I mean, wouldn't that just come full circle that he could come back in 2022, go back to Beijing? I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man, and, and that you're just giving me an idea because uh, the last time I spoke to him about this, he laughed. Um, <laughs> but, but 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 maybe he could be the, become the first guy ever to win an Olympic gold medal both winter and summer in the same city. Yeah. Look, I mean, there's so much history around it. He seems to be like a man who likes his history. So, you know, yeah. that's that's a selling point. Yeah. So, Get on to it, Devin. I'm, I'm making it look good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when go. he wins thank that you. gold, when he wins that gold, I expect him to personally thank me. I mean, that's just what I ask. That's all I ask. That's, that's simple. Uh, that, that, that's not a lot, <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Whoop, 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 whoop